Hey, this is Sharon Srivatsan. Welcome back to the Business School Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of the three productivity secrets of the best entrepreneurs in the world. I call this the peak productivity framework, and it's entirely designed to do one thing. It is designed to actually get you to extract more, more from that limited, finite resource, which is time. As we do more, be more, give more, achieve more, the time component of our lives does not change. And how can you in me do more be more give more and achieve more without it having to constrain our lives but we can live a life of abundance so this these are the three productivity secrets of the best entrepreneurs in the world and it all starts right now one thing is for certain just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now so the big question is this where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to. How to grow your business. How to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. All right, let's jump into the three productivity secrets of the best entrepreneurs in the world. This is my personal peak productivity framework. And we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about uh, planning, tools, and rules. If you can just get this into your kind of diagnostic framework for thinking about anything, uh, we are trying to extract kind of infinite resources from finite time. Think about that for a second. We're trying to extract infinite resources. We want to spend more time with our families. We want to do more with our business. We want to have more personal time. We want to read more. We want to use ChatGPT. We want to listen to that podcast. We want to read that book. We want to uh, go on vacations. We want to do all of that, but the time is finite. So every time we feel like we are saying yes to something, we feel like we're saying no to something else. And to do that, I want to give you a diagnostic framework. And the diagnostic framework has PTR planning, tools, and rules. How you operationalize these in the business and in your life is where cool things start to happen. And how all of these came about is, before I give you go into planning, tools, and rules, I got to give you a, a sense of kind of my life because when I get to dog food my own ideas, there is nothing that I'm sharing with you that is some theoretical thing that I have in my life, right? So as I upgrade my infrastructure, as I upgrade my productivity, as I upgrade my capacity, I get to step back and say, oh, wow, that actually made my life better. My community would love to know that. So I'm trying to short circuit your learning curve and give you all the time and the pain I've spent kind of come, coming up with this stuff. And so as I did it, if I can package it and hand it back to you, you are not going to have to go through the pain that I did. And just for context, think about what I am actively doing right now. Uh, we get to run a publicly traded company in that has over 10,000 people in North America. Uh, we have a private equity fund and, and a multifamily fund where we spend a lot of time investing in companies and buying real estate. Uh, I have, you know, we probably make close to 100 pieces of unique content every single week. And so there is an, a lot of time spent on the brand side of things. I still have a great family and I have two children who are seven and 11 who are in the thick of their youth, their sports, their um, their cool ages, their interests, their wanting to spend time with dad and mom. I, I still have, I still probably make a ton of you know, personal content creation every single day. 
Uh, there's still travel. There's still friends. There's still extended family. Like I have a similar life that many of you do and probably more. And it's a good thing because I've said yes to things and no to other things. And to do that, we need this one thing, which is energy. Energy is the answer for all of this. The idea for productivity is not getting more done, is to have the energy to do the things that you want to do so that you can get more done beautifully without sapping your energy. The reason why people get sad and dejected and depressed and irritated is because they're, they don't have enough energy to work on things. And energy is the solve that I'm trying to make here, which is why about uh, five years ago, I created, I actually documented all my ideas for the several CEOs that we'd invested in, and I call it the productivity playbook. Many of you probably grabbed that because what I gave to my, you know, my clients and the CEOs that I, I advise, I got a chance to share it for not a lot of, uh, not a lot of cash. So I've built the productivity playbook and I live the productivity playbook. And the number one conversation in the CEOs that I advise is hey, how do you get more done? How do you increase capacity? How do you drive more energy? How do you actually do the things that you want to do without compromising on the things on anything else in your life. And that is what I want to talk to you about today, which is how do you operationalize planning tools and rules? So let's jump right into it. All right. Um, let's talk about planning. You've probably heard a lot of things about planning overall, but the one thing I want to give you today is this. The I the big idea when I'm working with anybody on planning is I want to make sure that three things are in place and you can do those at any time. You don't have to wait for a new year, a new quarter, a new day or a new minute or, or the next weekend, nothing. You can do planning tools and rules today and you can do planning today. And I call this the 3190 framework. The 3190 is a three for the three-year vision, one for the one-year target and 90 for 90-day execution. Uh, I have noticed that when we can put uh, the 3190 on one page, it really makes uh, us focus because when you can't get the 3190 on one page, uh, people ask me, Sean, do you have a template for the 3190? No, it's not that hard. Top, divide your page into three sections. Literally, just one page. Top third of the page is your three-year vision. What are the things that you'd like to have happen when you wake up in the morning and it's three years from now? What are the things that you'd like tangibly have happen in three years? Great. If you know that, cut that three-year target in the second half of the page, second kind of third of the page, take that three-year vision and cut it in third. So if you, I'll make a, make a number. So if you want to, you know, at the end of three years, have $3 million in the bank and making up numbers, at the end of the year one, you should probably have a million, right? Like that would make sense. So now you have one-year target. So I just take my three-year vision and I cut it in a third and I make a one-year target. My one-year target is in the service of the three-year vision. So once you get the three-year vision, every single thing in the one-year target is based to accomplish the three-year vision. So I literally take my three-year vision, cut it in a third, and I make it my one-year target. And so it's not like the three-year vision is separate, the one-year target is separate. The three-year vision is connected to the one-year target, and then the one-year target, I take it and divide it into four parts, and that becomes my 90-day plan. That's it. So three-year vision, one-year target, 90-day execution. If you can do all of this on one page, the only thing that you ever have to get right is you just have to get right what you want to have happen in three years because when you do that, you get super ultra clarity on what you need for your one-year target and your 90-day execution. The reason why the, uh, I've seen a lot of folks say, oh, um, I did, you know, I did, uh, our business did 900,000 last year. So my coach told me to do, to boost it by 10%. So I'm going to do a million one this year. Like that's fine. But using last year as a barometer and adding 10% to that to like up your goals from last year is like the dumbest thing in the world 
right? That is not what you want. That that what we're saying there is that you only got better 10% this year. Therefore, you can only grow 10% next year. Like think about that for a second. If you had a monster year this year, let's say you, I'm making up numbers. Let's say you made $3 million this year and you had a monster year this year with the goal that you've had to, had to go through a lot of personal and professional growth, building infrastructure, hiring the right people, uh, expanding your skill set, et cetera, to have the monster year you've had. What are you going to do? Just add 10, 20% and say, oh, now that I've made 3 million, I should, I should, I want to get to 3.2. That makes no sense. That makes no sense at all because you've gone through a lifetime's worth of transformation. You are not the same person that actually started in the business a year ago. So why would you only grow and set a 10% higher target? One of, uh, one of my friends and then one of the CEOs that I advise runs a legal practice, a, a chain of legal uh, practices. And he, you know, he, he set this target last year for to hit to create a four and a half million dollar business right a lot of what had happened that we spent so much time designing and building and creating and developing and 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 installing the systems the processes the capacity the capability to run a three million dollar four and a half million dollar business and the next he was like hey sean so should i just bump it up to like six i said no we're going to do 18 million in 18 months and he looked at me he's like that sounds good you know why we went from four and a half million to 18 million in 18 months why because in the last in the four in the last year that he got four and a half million he had so much growth both personally and professionally from a capacity and infrastructure perspective we actually shoot ourselves in the foot by listening to some random coach that told us that oh i'm just gonna like up my business targets from last year for a little bit you want to look at the amount you have grown. You want to look at the capacity that you have developed. You want to look at the infrastructure that you've built. That and only that should guide how much more you can actually build in the next one to three years. So 3190, three-year vision, what you would like to accomplish in three years, just from a target, uh, one-year target, which is one-third of that, and 90-day execution, which is dividing that one-year target into four parts and doing that on a 90-day basis. The entire reason for having this on a one page with three sections is to actually give insane clarity for yourself, but also give accountability for your support system. It, it makes no sense if I call my coach and say, hey, I'm kind of struggling. And my coach is going to be like, well, why are you struggling? And then that's a really terrible conversation. Instead, if I tell my coach I'm really struggling and here's my kind of 3190, my coach is like, all right, so you're on target for all of these except this one thing. If we fix that, if we adjust that, if we upgrade that, would you feel better? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Now I've actually taken my one page 3190 and created clarity for myself and created accountability with my support system so I can actually have the people around me help me. So when people talk to me like, Sean, I want to pick your brain. First, the answer is no. I don't want you to ever pick my brain. I don't want to ever go to lunch with you. I don't want to do that because I'll tell you nine out of 10 times, it's extremely inefficient, right? I could probably advise and quote, adjust a great fix your business. And if you just left me a 20 minute voice memo and sent me a 3190, I could look at it and tell you why something is broken. I could give you some outside eyes on it. I don't need to sit at lunch with you and you don't want to do that anyway because out of the, most of the lunch, you're going to ask me and try to make small talk for no reason whatsoever, right? The, I've found that most of my advisors, they don't need any of that. We, they want success for me. They want to impact my life. So when I have a 3190 and I send them a question, I'm like, hey, coach, here's my 3190. Here's where I'm stuck. What do you think? And I get like two, three bullet points back and I'm done. That's all I need to actually create massive momentum in my business. We all overthink that we need to actually meet with a coach every week or every week for 30 minutes or every other week for an hour. It's like totally useless, right? What you want is a 
thoughtful process where you and your support system can share a, a, a joint artifact, a joint working document, a joint set of things that you want to talk about, a joint set of plans that you want to work with so that you get outside eyes on your on your puzzle. And that's when cool things happen. So from a planning perspective, if you really want to get peak productivity, you want to build a 3190. Top third of the page is a three-year vision. Middle third of the page is a one-year target. And bottom third of the page is a 90-day execution. If it doesn't fit on that one page, it's too much. You're not going to do it anyway, right? Planning is uh, ultra ultra important because without the planning, you can't do the next two parts. So planning, tools, and rules, let me give you the planning is done. Let me give you the tools. As I talk about the tools, uh, let me give you this thought process. Systems drive success, right? You are only as good as your system. When a uh, when a when a so quarterback joins a joins a football team, uh, American football, and they get to play in that system. There is a system there. The co- the coaches know what they're doing. The offensive coordinators know what they're doing. Uh, the wide receivers know what they're doing, and the quarterback gets in and is able to showcase his or his skill set to working in the system. Same with a soccer team. Same with uh, a factory systems drive success and you are only as good as your system you could throw good people against a bad system and the system will still win the system will always win because the system is a collection of accepted best practices so if your best practice sucks your system sucks right so for each one of us what does that mean from a tools perspective i still have people today who don't have some kind of project management system which is crazy it doesn't have to be a tool like a piece of software or uh you know or or a or a great spreadsheet or anything like that it can even be a notebook but you've got to have a project management system because the more stuff you keep in your head the more open loops you have and the less you're able to manage and prioritize right i do uh i'll tell you my personal tool i use a personal kind of project management to-do list type infrastructure called todoist uh it's pretty good it works great for my perspective and I'll tell you why it works well for me. It works well for me for three reasons. And these three reasons are fundamental to having the right tools to get uh, peak productivity. And those are you need to be able to capture, you need to be able to prioritize, and you need to be able to focus. All right, here's what I mean. Capture. At any point in time, you and I get ideas a lot. You're like, oh, crap, I need to pay the electric bill. Oh, I need to get the roof fixed. Oh, I need to call so-and-so. Oh, I need to follow up on that lead. Oh, I need to finish this project. Oh, I need to call this coach. Oh, I need to, uh, you know, negotiate this deal. Oh, I forgot to respond to that email. When you think of an idea or think of something, you need to have something called universal capture. As soon as you get an idea about something, it needs to go into a system where that idea is captured so you can process it later. Uh, The reason I like my app, which is Todoist, is that it's uh, available on all devices so I can quickly enter a quick task on my phone or on my desktop or on my iPad, wherever I am, and I can quickly have it captured. Capturing these ideas allows my brain to not have a bunch of open loops in it because I don't like to use my brain as an office. I don't want to store things in my brain. I want to use my brain for processing capability, processing capacity. Yes, memory is good, but I don't want to have to remember things to do them. I want to remember things so I can actually assimilate and synthesize information. So when I'm reading a book, I want to remember that. I don't want to remember that I have to make a dentist appointment, right? So number one, capture is really important. If you can't do universal capture, that's the David Allen GTD thing of the world, which is you've got to be able to do universal capture. Every time you have an idea, you've got to be able to capture it right away. 
And I'll, I'll tell you, if you're a salesperson, if you're a real estate agent, mortgage broker, a business development folk, uh, you're a CEO of a company and you're trying to sell stuff, charisma doesn't sell, sell things. Being, being Having good skill and being organized is what sells stuff. The number one difference between mediocre salespeople and great salespeople is not charisma, is not talent. It is skill and being organized, right? Following up with somebody is a, a function of being organized. What to say when you follow up with somebody is a function of be, a function of skill. Charisma is interesting. That's yeah, you can win a lot. Charisma as an accelerator is not a silver bullet. So, being able to capture is really important. Number two, to prioritize. Right? I need to, and I'll tell you exactly how I do it. I whenever I put a task in my in my task manager, I give it two things. I I put a date in which it's due, and I put a priority. And my priorities are P one, P two, P three. Three priorities. Right. P1 means it, it absolutely has to get done. And that's number one, you know, kind of like a big priority. P2 is it must get done and it's like important, but not urgent. And the last one is uh, P3 is like it would be nice if I got it done. Right. And so now when I, I prioritize something, I know where it sits. Otherwise, if I just have a list of 17 things to do that day, I don't know which one is a must do, great to do and a nice to do. I don't I don't have that. So whenever I put a task in and I capture it, I always put a date that it's due. And I always put a priority uh, as well. That way, sometimes I don't get, I wouldn't be the first one to tell you, I don't drop any balls, but other things that for some reason with a significantly more priority and importance have just crushed my schedule. And so it has buried some of the priorities. That's all it is. So number one, capture. Number two, prioritize. And number three is to focus. I want to be able to wake up in the morning and when I click in my in my task manager in my project management system, if I click today's focus, I have a filter that says today's focus, it tells me today I have these many, they have three things to do in my priority one, six things to do in my priority two, and two things to do in my priority three. I doesn't I don't look at anything else because I've already predetermined from a prioritization perspective what is going to get done that day. If you did nothing else and you just did this. It'll give you so much focus because what I've seen people do is they have this running to-do list and every day they review this to-do list. It has tens and tens and twenties and twenties and thirties and thirties and hundreds of things in it. And they figure out what they're going to do that day. And then they never feel like they ever made a dent in their to-do list. And it's like they, they're, I, I have, I have entrepreneurs that would tell me, Hey, I, you know, I, I felt like I had a productive day. I got 17 things done, but I put in up the 34 things on my list. And now my list looks bigger. The list looks bigger because you don't think about finite resources. You don't think about finite time. So when I choose to have 11 things got done on a Monday, like I know that I'm not going to be able to do 34 things. It's just, it's, I'm running up against the finite capabilities of time, right? And if you don't have that, then you are lost completely. And that's really, really hard. So from a tool perspective, every single person should have a project management system that allows for these three things. One, to capture capture at any time to get out of your head. Number two, to prioritize, which is when is something going to be done and what what priority. And number three, to focus, which is when you're going to do something on a certain day. It shouldn't have everything that in your life that you need to do. It just needs to have what you need to do that day or at that time. When I can click and say, what's my focus right now? I know exactly what to do next. I'll say it again. I know exactly what to do next in the broad realm of, 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 of projects that I have. Now, is it always perfect? No. But is it pretty darn close to? Yes. If I feel overwhelmed, what do I do? Really simple. I just go back to my 
my project management system and I just reprioritize and I get re and I reclarify everything. That way I know what my focus is because that way I know exactly what to do next. The people who struggle with and feel tired, feel like they don't have capacity, feel like they don't have enough time, feel like they can't upgrade their system, feel like they can't do more of what they want to do, feel like they can't get more of life as to what they want to get is because they don't have a system. They don't have a system that they can capture, prioritize, and focus because if you can't capture, you lose ideas. If you can't prioritize, you feel like there's too much to do. And if you can't focus, you feel like you're not doing the right next thing. And that's the problem. All right. That's number one is planning, which is 3190. Number two is tools. Make sure you have a project management system to capture, prioritize, and focus. And number three are rules. Um, the fastest way to figure out what you don't want, the fastest way to figure out what you want in life is to figure out what you don't want. All right. And, and what I mean by rules is essentially saying, rules are saying, taking lessons and putting a hard line in the sand and saying, this is what you're going to do and this is not what you're going to do, right? Whenever I think of rules, I think of, uh, as, an, as I'm an investor, I think of what a lot of times I call an investor buy box. So if you're a real estate investor and, and I talk into a real estate investor, I'll say, hey, you're a real estate investor, what's your buy box? They'll say, well, Sharon, I want to spend anywhere between uh, $200,000 and $500,000 uh, in equity. I want to buy a home that I want to flip. Um, I want to spend you know, 100000 in my flip. Uh, and then I want to sell it for at least two times profit and it needs to be in a, you know, a low tax state, whatever. I, that's, a, that's the buy box. Those are rules. Rules are very clear because when you see that it's not one of those, you can say no. The best part about rules is it allows you to figure out a non-judgmental, non-stressful, non, like a friction-free way to say yes and say no easily because we say yes and we say no uh, without a lot of diagnostic framework. And so that's why rules are really helpful. By the way, I will tell you one myth. People think that sometimes you have too many rules, uh, uh, that there's no such thing as too many rules. The more We all are a function of the rules and the programming of our lives. The reason why you and I do a certain thing a certain way is we have these unwritten rules. We have unwritten rules of how we open the door for people. We have unwritten rules of being nice to the cashier. We have unwritten rules of not uh, cutting someone off in traffic. We have the unwritten rules of personally that you want to show up you know, early for a meeting or on time for a meeting or you don't mind showing, late, showing up late for a meeting. It's just a rule. People that show up late for a meeting do not have the rule that they can't show up late for a meeting. That's why they're late for meetings. They don't have any rules. People that have rules always show up. Why are folks from the military always early for meetings? Because they have rules embedded, installed, integrated into their lives that they can never be late. And that's because of that rule, they act a certain way. There can You can never have enough rules, especially if they're based on you thoughtfully creating them intentionally as opposed to them naturally making it a default occurrence in your life. Uh, I'll give you a simple rule. Like, I don't answer the phone. Now, you may think that's weird, but even my wife knows that I don't answer the phone. My wife will text me. She will not call me because I won't answer the phone. My wife, If my wife calls me, it's probably an emergency, but I still won't answer the phone. Even if I'm doing nothing, I still won't answer the phone. I don't want, I don't like answering the phone. Not because I don't like answering the phone, because I made a rule that when I answer a phone call, it interrupts my thought pattern. I don't know what I'm inviting into my life. I don't know what, I'm not ready for it. I'm not prepped for it. And even if it's a friend, I don't answer the phone because I made a rule that I don't like people interrupting my thought process and not being uh, ready. So if someone says, oh, can I pick your brain for five minutes? The answer is 100% all the time. No, I do not answer the phone ever, right? But that's just me. And you may think, oh my gosh, I'm a salesperson. I can never do that. Absolutely not. How many times have you actually not answered the phone? Many. 
So it doesn't matter if you actually answer, don't answer it a few more times, nothing will happen, right? So the, the issue is I just chose to do that. And because of that, do I, have I lost some opportunities over my, the course of my life? Sure. Because that has retained my peace 100%, right? Um, I have a friend that makes sure that every, he's always in box zero. So every single night before he goes to bed, he is 100% in box zero. Now I am weekly in box zero, not daily in box zero, because I just, I can't keep up on a daily basis. And so he responds to every email in the same day he receives them, or he figures out another way to do that. That was his rule. Um, I have a rule. If I can find a way to actually do voice memos, as in respond to voice to somebody or something, I do that because it's significantly easier and we don't have to go back and forth. I'll give you another rule. Like I, I, I told my team, like we should not do content creation over the weekend because that means that we're actually not planning our weeks thoughtfully. So we should actually build it so that we should not rush over the weekend. We should use weekend for thinking and organizing and, and creative or rest time because that's where good ideas come, not to actually catch up on content creation over the weekends. Uh, I have a rule that every Friday I do something called a review preview. I review the past week and then I preview the next two weeks and make sure that I'm thinking about the week ahead. The reason for that is allows me to know what I have promised and what I need to fulfill on. It's just a rule. If you don't have rules on how you live your life, a lot of things will break. Now, you may say, well, Sharon, I have not started documenting this. Like, you should start today. Open your notes app in your, in your phone. Start a thing that says personal rules. And then it doesn't matter. Just put number one and just start writing. You can say, I do not blank or I always blank. I like belief statements with rules with I do not and I always because I always, you know, I do not answer the phone. But I do not answer the phone unless it's my wife. That's fine. It's a good rule. But it's a, it's a rule. I always like to do blank. That's good, right? So just start it and you'll start to see you memorializing these rules will completely give you freedom on the choices that you have to make so that you don't have to explain it to anybody, like anybody whatsoever. Um, if you, by the way, if you're interested in any of this stuff, um, I actually record a super secret private podcast called 10K Wisdom. And the entire idea of the podcast is um, to wrap $10,000 of value in under 10 minutes. There's no intro, there's no outro, there's none of that. Uh, it's uh, I only created it for the CEOs that I advise and the companies that we've invested in. And so if I, I've done that for many years, and if you want access to all of those episodes, you should go to 10kwisdom.com. It's the number 10kwisdom.com. It's totally free. There's nothing for you to buy. In fact, there's I don't have anything for you to buy from me. Uh, this is all, hopefully this is helpful to you because I end up creating these ideas for them, which I hopefully will help you as well. All right. And the, let me tell you the big reason I am actually even recording this episode. I'm recording this episode because the number one inbound messages that I get from DM on Instagram is questions about productivity, capacity, you know, and, and working at a high level. In fact, this morning I got a text message from, you know, a CEO that I know that essentially told me, he's like, Hey, Sharon, how do you do all that you do? Uh, I'm just struggling with time and prioritization, which is why it prompted me to record this episode for you. Like I, I personally read every single direct message that I get because somebody looked at my profile, saw a piece of content, messaged me, you know, apart from all the, you know, like the hundreds of messages a day that people are trying to sell you stuff, I could pick those out pretty quickly. But when someone actually has a legitimate idea, a legitimate question, and they say, hey, like, how do you do blank? 
I respect that. And that allows me to say, well, maybe I should, if they are thinking that that's a proxy for what other people are thinking, which is why I recorded this episode. So to, to recap the peak productivity framework, which is number one, planning, get their three, one ninety three year vision, one year targets, 90 day execution, all on one page, because it's clarity for yourself and it's accountability for your support system. Number two, tools. You need a tool. It can be a notebook. It can be an app. It can be a, a, a piece of software. That's totally cool, but it needs to be able to do, needs to have universal capture. It needs you need to be able to prioritize and you need to be able to focus. If you can't do those three things, your system is not good enough. And number three, you've got to have rules. Without rules, you are just at the whim of everyone else. If you don't have rules, you are a function of someone else's rule. So let's not do that. Uh, take the control over your own life. Don't live your life by default. The more rules you have, the easier it'll be for you to achieve the goals that you want. So uh, if you like this, I don't know if you did. If you like this, can you do me a favor? Can you take a screenshot of this episode and just tag me and post it and tag me? Because at least I'll know that you liked this. And because if you like this, I will make more of this stuff in the future. And since I have nothing to sell and you have nothing to buy, the least I can do is make content ideas, frameworks, structure for things that actually benefit you. So do me a favor, take a screenshot and tag me. And um, that way I'll know that I should make more of this stuff for you. I appreciate you. Hopefully this was helpful and I'll catch you on the next one. Hey, Chiron, I have a cool gift for you. Since you like this podcast, I actually have an ultra super secret private podcast that I make just for my partner companies and the CEOs and influencers that I advise. It's called 10K Wisdom because I try to wrap $10,000 worth of value in every single episode in just under 10 minutes. That's why it's called 10K Wisdom. It's raw, it's real, it's got no intro or outro or anything like that. It's just straight to the point and to the insights. Since you like this podcast, I think you will like that. So for the first time, I'm making it available to you. Just go to 10kwisdom.com, the number 10kwisdom.com, and my team will activate it for you as my gift. Go to 10kwisdom.com. I'll see you there. <laughs>